Hey there, and welcome to Standing on the Promises podcast. My name is Valerie, and I have a special guest joining us today, Jason. Hello. (laughs) He is my husband, Jason Nixon, and he is joining me today because we're going to be continuing the conversation on mental health and um, the struggles that you may face, especially as a Christian, uh, as a believer, the stigmas that are attached to some of these mental health struggles. So I just want to kind of dive in right now and have him introduce himself. And yeah, we'll just be talking today. So my name is Jason. Like Val said, I'm her husband. We've been married for almost nine years now. So I guess yay for us. Yeah. <laughs> she put up with a lot. Um, but before we dive into this, I, I kind of want to just mention something here. Um, yesterday was the five-year anniversary of Val's mom's death, which mm-hmm. I think it was probably one of the hardest days we've had as a married couple, um, dealing with that together. Uh, I won't dive too deep into it just because probably when Val gets to some of these promises, she'll probably dive into that, that subject. But uh, yeah. I kind of just want to just mention a funny story about the first time that I met Margaret. Uh, Val and I had just been dating maybe a month or so. And she goes, hey, let's go over to my mom's house and you can meet my mom. And we got to take her to Kohl's to pay her credit card bill. And I was like, (laughs) okay, whatever. So, (coughs) excuse me. Um, So. He'll be doing that a lot. Yeah, I've had a cough that won't go away. (laughs) Anyways. So we get over there and her mom's there and I meet her mom and I meet Joe and her mom's like, just give me a second. Let me go change and we'll go. Okay. So she comes out in this see-through shirt (laughs) and Val's like, mom, (laughs) in her Val way, mom, you're in a see-through shirt. And she looks down and goes, oh, uh, a beep, 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 beep. <laughs> her little laugh. Yeah, and you do it better than me. So, uh, but uh, She's her little laugh like, a beep, 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 beep. Yeah, I don't know why. And so that's just a, a funny memory that I have of Margaret. But uh, I just say that to say that one of the promises that we have um, is if we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, that we will get to see her one day in heaven and... And uh, I don't want to deep dive too deep into that because, like I said, when Val gets to that promise, I'm sure she'll talk about more about yes. her mom and how it's yes. affected her and her relationship with the Lord. So, um, yeah. So I just want to bring that up and just say that we miss her. It's been five years, but we still miss her today. So. Yeah. And for you, those who knew her, I'm sure you miss her too. So. Yeah. Well, um, Like he said, that was probably one of the first things that we had to deal with as a married couple. Um, And one of the things that contributed to probably my mental health struggles is trying to go on with my life without my mom. Five months pregnant. Yeah, five months pregnant. And um, figuring out who I was because I was a daughter that... Um, was very involved in her health care along with my sister. We, I kind of passed that baton to her, but, you know, we were involved in taking care of our mother for so long. And when she passed away, even though we kind of, we knew that she was sick, she wasn't in the best health, but just when that day came, it was 
was a struggle for sure. And um, it took me a while to kind of go through that uh, <coughs> grieving process because our relationship wasn't the best. But right at the end, we had a conversation that helped, I think, my my healing with the grieving process. So um, it was a definitely a learning experience, and it helped me develop my relationship with Jesus a lot better. So I have that positive to come out of that grief. Um, as the Lord promises, I think... Um, I forget the scripture, but I will look it up when we go over the grief episode that even through the sorrow, I mean, he's close, he's near. Isn't it the beat one of the beatitudes? Yes. Um, blessed are the, the ones who suffer or are sad because Mm -hmm. then the Lord is near him or her. But anyway, um, let's dive into mental health struggles as a Christian. How do you think? Or how has it been in your life? How has that kind of touched your life, Jason? So, first of all, I, w- I kind of want to point us to First Peter uh, chapter 5, verse 7. And here in the NIV, I think it, it says it best. It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Mm-hmm. And so, <sighs> December? Was it de- November or November. December? November of 2022 um, was my breakdown of mental health. Um, So just a little backstory. I had just started the journey. I think we were just maybe a month in, a month and a half in. And I think you started in September. Yeah. And so mental health is a real thing. Do not let other people tell you that it's not because it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up with the thought of if you have depression, if you have anxiety, if you have any of these mental health things and you know Jesus as your savior, then maybe you should check your salvation. Mm. Um, that is not true. Do not let people tell you that. That is a lie from the devil. It is a lie straight from hell. Because mental health is real. It's a real struggle. And let me tell you from experience, I've been saved since I was six or eight, sorry, when I was eight. I know where I'm going when I die. I don't fear death. Um, But it is a lie. And don't let people tell you that. So uh, in November, I was diagnosed um, with anxiety and Major depression. Major depression and uh, bipolar bipolar depression. depression. And so the psychiatrist is himself a Christian, Mm -hmm. um, himself a man of God. And he said that at my age, in your late 30s, for males is usually when this starts to, to surface. So with that, I've been on medication um, when I'm off my medication, I find that my depression's a little worse. Um, but through the grace of God, through his word, through my journey, brothers, um, through prayer, 
we have been able to manage it. it it's not something that you overcome. It's going to be a struggle, a daily struggle. Um, some days are better than other days, but we're able to manage it. We're able to work through it, able to have coping skills to uh, cope with when I start to feel anxious, when I start to feel worried. So those are all good things. I mean, those are all things that, that help us on a daily basis, but also having that intimate relationship with the Lord, um, being able to abide in Christ daily is what gets us through it. And that's what the Lord promises. He says, if you take, if you give me all your anxiety, if you give me all your struggles, if you give me all this, then you will be able to make it on a daily basis. And he cares. He cares. He cares about our mental health struggles. He cares about the things we go through, even if it's just worry from not having enough to pay the bills. We've been there. Mm-hmm. The Lord cares. And that's the one thing that I have I think I've learned from all this is that the Lord cares. The Lord does care. He He knows the, you know, David told us that he he's known us since before we were conceived in our mother's womb. Um, he knows. He cares. He is able um, and he is willing to do all these things. He's willing to take that anxiety. He's willing to take all that um, stress, all the depression. He's willing to take it. He's willing to carry it for us because he cares. Yeah, and... Uh... I know you mentioned you you started the journey and you have journey brothers. And for those of you that don't know what the journey means, it's a program, a discipleship program that is put on by a ministry called the Influencers. And they are a global ministry. Um they have regions all over the United States. They also are in Costa Rica. Um some um places are popping up like Colombia, Africa, Egypt. All over the world. So uh, we found this. It's not a Bible study. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a Bible study. They tell you that. it is. This right is not a Bible study. <laughs> this is a journey because it we're discipling you to become self-feeders, to continue on this journey. but And to disciple others, to mm-hmm. go out into the nations and speak the gospel of Jesus Christ. So mm-hmm. it's kind of what we're doing today, right? I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, we never know who's listening. <laughs> um, of course, you know, Spotify gives you an analysis of who's listening so you can kind of see right. um, whether they're in the United States or in Mexico or in Romania, um, etc. So, but what I wanted to kind of get back to was when you said that um, for when you were growing up and you've been told that how if you have depression and fear and anxiety it's you got to check your salvation um i remember you know i've had a parent my mom who would write off like she would write off how we were expressing the way that we felt she would say well i can't make you feel something and it would piss me off for lack of a better word it would make me angry because um, I'm like, yes, you can. <laughs> um, somebody can make you feel things. It can make you feel insecure. 
They can make you feel angry, unprotected. And these feelings in a child are dangerous. Mm -hmm. When you're telling that to your child, that's dangerous. Um, You know, coming with an insight in the behavioral health world, those feelings, if not labeled correctly or identified or talked about, can very much affect your adult life. Yeah, it it does. And they can affect your relationships. They can affect your behavioral health because they linger and turn into depression, anxiety, suicide ideation, sex disorders, violent behaviors, and outbursts. Mm-hmm. Like they can really damage a child who is being told your feelings, your emotions don't matter, basically. Right, and I think that's one thing that um, we as parents have always told each other that we won't let the boys feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've expressed it to Val saying that, you know, even if it's the smallest little thing, they drew a picture of a circle. You make it the biggest deal because when they're at the age of four learning how to write their name like Jojo is right now. Yeah. And write his name, you know, you don't want to be like, well, you did that wrong. You could do better. Yeah. Like, no, you, hey, Jojo, you did a great job, you know, good job. And we even but got let's, Nathan in yeah. on it. Nathan but, is yeah. a little cheerleader for Jojo. But, hey, maybe <laughs> let's try writing our name in a straight line. And so, I mean, I, I just, I am all about try- encouraging your kids at this young age. Um, I mean, it's not like, hey, everybody gets a trophy. But, you know, when they're you know little, how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but when they're this little, you got to teach them that you got to encourage them. So they have the self-confidence when they do become uh, teenagers or preteens and they're in sports and learn that everybody doesn't get a trophy. They're able to cope with that a little bit better. Right. Yeah. Um, and let's go back and talk about uh, how we as adults are learning to deal with a lot of the things that we've been through in our lives as children and what we've been told our whole lives. Have you ever been the victim of bullying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fifth and sixth grade. Really? Um, yeah. And, you know, one of the hard things is, too, is as a man, we're taught not to talk about our feelings. We're taught to keep them buried inside. We're taught to not express how we feel Because that's not the man thing to do. But once again, that's a lie from the devil. Um, You know, you need to talk about your feelings. Your feelings as a man, if you're listening to this and you're a man, your feelings matter. Your feelings, uh, you know, how you feel towards your wife, towards your girlfriend, towards things, they matter. Um, For example, we could have gotten into a fight right before we started this and i told val i was like hey you know i didn't appreciate this you know don't take this as a fight i just didn't appreciate this and she goes okay you i didn't appreciate the way you did this okay awesome you know we took our each other's feelings into consideration and okay so we said how we feel we understand how each other feel and we dropped the drop dropped the situation we dropped it so i mean just don't as a man if you're if you're a man don't let society 
tell you how you're supposed to feel, how you're supposed to not talk about your feelings, because keeping that bottled up for 36 years was what eventually sent me into the the downward spiral spiral of my mental health. And it was just like, I don't know. I don't remember what we were discussing or fighting about over text, but I was at work and I was just sitting in our warehouse doing some, taking some batteries out of, uh, out of power adapters. And I just start crying and I cry and I cry and I can't stop crying. And I just walked into my boss's office and was like, Hey, I'm going home. I'm struggling right now. I'm going home. I'll see you tomorrow. And, and that day it was raining and the window of my car oh, didn't roll up. We weren't fighting. I think it was just discussing yeah. finances. And uh, <laughs> the the window wouldn't roll up in the car and it's raining. And I'm sitting in and it's the driver's side, mind you. So I'm driving 30 minutes home on this commute in a wet car. My seat's wet. Oh, my pants are getting that. wet. And I just walk in and Val looks at me and I just start crying. And she's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm all wet. Like a little four-year-old. Like, I'm all wet. I had to get up and give him a hug. (coughs) He was really upset. And And it was just the little things. And so, I mean, as, as a man, I know you're not supposed to be like that. But it's still funny looking back on it that I was almost crying like a five-year-old I'm all wet <laughs> oh wow um I wanted to bring up one of the incidences because this whole breakdown happened in a couple of stages I think mm-hmm. um the first was the breakdown from work I think you were just overworking and did not like working at a sort of dead-end job and it wasn't like a dead end job, but it was like one of the jobs where he was frustrated that and the commute, the commute, the commute was, the was commute getting was, to him big time. Yeah. And, um, so that happened first and then it did cause a rift between me and him, uh, me and you where we were fighting just over the dumbest things like the trash and the dishes and the laundry and whatever. And we were digging at each other, um, and then it would just blow up where, I mean, you would just kind of pop the top. and I, I, felt, I felt like I was worthless. Um, not saying that that's Val's fault, but uh, just how I felt was I like I wasn't a good father. I wasn't a good husband, uh, not a good provider because here I am in this quote unquote dead end job. Um <laughs> And we're struggling financially, and I just didn't feel like that, and I just felt like I'm better off dead than alive. And so... Not only that, uh, he convinced himself that we were better off with him dead. That I My life insurance money would cover everything, and Val would be okay. She would find another husband, and the boys would be okay. They'll, you know, they'll adapt. And I told you, I was like, that's not normal. That's not normal thought processes or behaviors yeah and at the time I mean I had my I had some medication from my provider my I and think that it was, was Lexapro or something yeah and I was gonna take that and overdose and I start going out the door 
and Val slots it out of my hand and it just spills all over the floor. And uh, I was, I was going to go out and kill myself as dark as that is. That, that's how I felt. But, you know, like I said, getting the right medication, getting the right doctor, the that right Christian doctor. That was God right there. Right? That was God. Because the funny thing is, is I had called, I had sent a message to my doctor and was like, hey, I'm having, or I w- saw my doctor and I was like, hey, I was wondering if you could take me off of work for like two weeks because I'm having all this stuff. And she goes, we just got a psychiatrist started. He starts tomorrow. I'm going to set you up with the first appointment. And I got in like at eight o'clock, eight yeah. fifteen, and I was his first patient he saw at this the clinic at the uh, Access Clinic, who I work for now. <laughs> um, <coughs> but, but yeah, it was truly God opening that door to send me the right psychiatrist, along with the right therapist, mm-hmm. to start to get me through this. And um, there's times that when I'm in my therapy, I spill it all out and she just listens and there's other times where things are going good and we don't really have a lot to talk about and we just talk about how we're getting a new house and how my new job's going (laughs) and and all that so um let me tell you though uh we don't have much time left we got a few more minutes i don't want to take up val's time with what she's got to say this is holy spirit led so just go ahead (laughs) uh but when you feel that way and you start to get the right medication because medication is a big thing. Getting the right medication, um, getting the right therapy, um, digging into God's word. Um, my journey leader told me, hey, seek after the Lord. Start looking in his word. Seek after him and he will find you. You will find him. And so I took up that challenge and I started doing that. And uh, the Lord opened the doors to where we're at now, mm-hmm. um, financially, um, job wise, I think this is the happiest with our jobs that we've been um, for a long time. Yeah, uh, definitely well, we since like we moved we to Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, definitely since we moved to Oklahoma. Um, I mean, we had a chance in that too. Was a huge blessing. Remember, because in um, because the doctor to or. Yeah, the doctor and the psychiatrist took you off of work for like what two months. Yeah, we kind of we kind of just planned on uh, going back home. Yeah, right? we went, we home went back f- home for four weeks. Yeah, for a month. And um, I mean, it was a struggle financially, but we had know. to. We yeah, had to was, do it because I was starting to crumble. And um, I, I looked at Val and said, "I I need to go see my brother." Yeah, I and I was like, see, I need to go see my dad. <laughs> and we just were like, all right, set a date. And Let's we go. did, and we set the date, and we left, and we were going to drive straight through, but don't ever do that after you're in your 35. 30s. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we had a huge blessing by going home, getting the time to spend, for me, for getting the time to spend with my dad. And I mean, some, I mean even us. you, I yeah, I know how much my dad means to you and how much you mean to my dad but and that's a blessing as you know a wife and a daughter that I'm the favorite son-in-law <laughs> I always favorite. told Margaret that I'm I'm her favorite son-in-law because I'm the only son-in-law <laughs> so but um getting the time to spend with my dad uh going up to see his brother getting a chance to see family that supported us was the big issue um right. was the big uh 
draw for us was that our family and our friends from California, they support us 100%, no questions asked, no explanations right. required. They are just there with open arms. And when we went to his brother's house, like that was the most that I've seen Nate, uh, Jason and Jimbo hang out, hang out yeah. and just be with each other and yeah. just talk to each other. It was amazing to witness that they were just loving each other because both of them needed each other, I think. I think Jimbo needed you just as much as you needed Jimbo and um, stuff. But that was such a blessing. We got to go home. And then when we came back, it was like, okay, God, what are we doing? Now? Right. Because it was almost like, <laughs> do we even want to go back? Yeah. We were thinking about Idaho. We were thinking yeah. about. And it was like, okay, Lord, what do you have for us now? And yeah. I mean, as soon as that happened and we got back, the floodgates opened and he yeah. he provided. So, um, But I do want to say, I had to say this, because I remember in one instance, um, and, and this is getting incredibly raw, guys. This, this whole sharing, we wanted to do this because we want to be real with everybody. Right. And um, on one occasion, I remember if you remember when you were in the closet uh, having a breakdown and um, I was right there and I didn't know what to do. I was like, I had to say, I don't know what to do. Like I said it out loud. And that was big for me because I suffer with a big problem. It's called pride. I suffer from pride and thinking that I know everything and that I'm smarter than everyone. But in that very moment, and it was a real moment that I just had to be honest and I had to say it out loud. I said, God, help me. I don't know what to do or say or how to help. Do you remember what you did after you said that? Yeah, I was like, it was very powerful because I just said and I put it out there and I said, um, Satan, get out of Get out of here. And we and you prayed. And I prayed. You and prayed that was over the me. first time that I actually prayed over you because remember the night before or some time before Marlene sent me that song. Remember in Jesus' name? I uh, Christina sent it. Was it Christina? Yeah, Christina. Christina or Marlene? My sister in law Christina, because <laughs> we had told them what was going on. Yeah, so Christina sent it. Marlon sent me another song too, but Christina sent me that song in Jesus' name, and we both listened, and we both cried, and I realized that I never prayed over you. So um, praying in the closet and calling out those demons and calling for healing was the first time that I did that, and instantly, I think, when I said, like, I call you out, like, Satan, get out of here in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, yeah. it was like instantly you stopped and then I stopped and then I got up and then like after a while you came out. And I think one of the best things if you have um, a spouse that's struggling with mental health and they have an episode, um, the best thing to do is to pray over them yeah. um, because it does. When you when someone prays over you, um, not just prays for you, but prays is standing there praying over you. Um, it really changes. Yeah. And be loud about it. It changes your thought process. I went war room status on you (laughs) with Priscilla Shear. If we believed in, uh, healing or, uh, laying on hands and (laughs) calling the demon out, then, uh, she probably would have done that. So yeah, I, I went (coughs) Priscilla Shire war room on you. I was like, you are not allowed here. Get out of here. But I remember, um, and I even told him, I said, look, I, I 
I'm sorry that I didn't, I never prayed over you. And that's my job as a helper. And then the very next day is when I went in and saw Jennifer. And yeah, yeah, and then she got me in with the psychiatrist. psychiatrist, Yeah. So, And, and that was like major because I think as when we go back to that first episode, when I was talking about the, you know, God making man and then making his helper, um, we have a responsibility as a wife to pray over our husbands and to guard help guard his heart because we do have that I I think and I believe mamas who pray are powerful. Yep. You know, I there's something about a mother's prayer or a woman's prayer that God can hear. Or a grandma's prayer. Or a grandma's Your prayer. Grandma. Yeah. My grandma. Ooh, she was a warrior, but um yeah so i think it's incredibly incredibly important to humble yourself um even in that hard situation it was super hard i had friends and i had my sister and and, and everybody's like how did you deal with that like how did you get through it because you i mean you were saying some pretty hurtful things the grace of god the <laughs> grace of god <laughs> and i was like but I think it, again, it goes back to my education. It mm-hmm. goes back to my training in behavioral health to kind of spot, to know when it's for real and when it's it's a disease, it's a mm-hmm. disorder. That's why they call it a, dis- a mental health disorder because in the thick of it, in an episode like that, especially with bipolar depression, um, there's incredible highs and there's incredible lows. And in those incredible highs, you're not always conscious of what you're doing, what you're saying, you're not even conscious of what's going on sometimes because I asked you, remember, I was like, yeah. did you remember? Yeah, I remember anything? a little bit. <laughs> and that's why I had to go to the psychiatrist with him because it's like, hey, he said this, he was doing this, he was doing this. And because you didn't remember all those yeah. details. So it was I a lot by the grace of God. And it was a lot of um, kind of recognizing what was going on in the situation. And I also thank God because I could have reacted with my flesh and could have like really gone after you too. Yeah. Um, which after a while, cause like, of course, when you're in the middle of a fight or in the middle of an episode like that, you do instinctually fight back, um, which I did. And I was like, stop playing. You know, this is enough. This is enough games. And you're like, I'm not playing a game. And I'm like, Oh, cry. Okay, something's going on. Something deeper is going on. But you got to kind of take that breath, take yourself out of that situation, and look at what's going on through the eyes of God. Because mm-hmm. something was wrong with him, and I saw that, and I was like, oh, crap. We got to get him help, like, now, like yesterday. <laughs> um. So, yeah. Did you have anything else to share? Any other words of wisdom? Any other I, tips or uh, advice? I mean, I hate to say it, but when and something like this is going on, you can't, if you're on the receiving end, you can't take it personally. Mm. Um, it's something that's out of that person's control. Um, of course, you know, it's hard not to. Um, that's our human flesh. And... Um, I, I mean, the best advice I could give you is just be honest about it. Be honest with yourself. Uh, be honest with your spouse, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, uh, your fiance, your parents. Um, be honest about it. Um, 
and even with your church family yeah remember church family is a big support mm-hmm. um we were we've been open and honest about it with our church family and they've been a big support and our pastor mm-hmm. and just remember that everybody struggles with there's somebody out there that's struggling with it and uh if you're struggling with it and you don't have anyone to talk to i'm sure you can leave a message um yes with us and we'd be more than honest and gl- be happy to talk to you just to listen to what's going on and to in your pray life with yeah. you and to just give you encouragement give you scripture to read um and you know you're never alone you're never truly alone because god is with you wherever you go that's his promise um that we can stand on and he gives you a helper which is the holy spirit that helps when you can't put it into words, he right. brings it to the Lord in prayer and in um, and petition There's, for you. He, there will be times that you can't even bring it to words and you're just yeah. sitting there crying yeah. and crying. And I think Third Day said it best, cry out to Jesus. Just yeah. cry out to Jesus. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit, you know, whenever you um, become a believer, whenever you believe that Jesus is your Savior, when he you know, went to the cross and he died on the cross and he was buried and he rose again. When you believe that with your heart, the Lord sends you and promises you to give you a a Holy Spirit, which helps, brings your petitions, brings your feelings, your emotions, your prayers that you can't say out loud. He's your intercessor. And so if you've never um, took that step uh, to believe in Jesus, to believe that Jesus is your Savior, I pray that you would Receive him today as your savior and helper, and um, he will be there for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just want to close out in a prayer, and we want to thank you for listening. And if, like Jason said, if you have any questions, any anything to add or to say, we are always here to listen, and you never know, it might turn into another episode. <laughs> We're going to have... A few more episodes about mental health because like I said the last time mental health is a big topic that you can't just get through in 30 minutes or so so the Bible has a lot to say about it too yeah and I think in today's world it's getting better uh, growing up it you know that was one thing that wasn't talked about um, mm-hmm. in the church so uh, I believe churches are, are starting to understand it better they're equipping um, some of their counselors and pastors, I think a little bit better. Um, so, you know, just reach out, reach out. Yes. That's the thing that your enemy doesn't want you to do. Yeah. He He wants wants to to isolate. He wants to put you on your own little Island and tell you lies that mm -hmm. you're not good enough and that you're not, um, you're the only one feeling this way, but those are lies. So you are good enough and you're not the only one feeling this way. Yes. So let's pray. Yeah. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for all the blessings you've given us. Lord, we thank you for this podcast, Lord, that we're able to open up about mental health. Lord, not let that stigma go over us anymore, Lord, that we're able to stand up and say, I am a child of God. I am worthy. I am loved. You care. You know you're willing and you are able. Father, we just thank you so much for all those things, Lord. And if there be somebody out there listening right now who's just struggling, Lord, that you would just touch their hearts, Lord. 
reach out, give them a big hug, let them know that they are loved, they are cared for. There's people out there who want to help them. And we just thank you so much. And we ask all this in your precious holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week.